0: possessed. He was not a naturally gregarious, back-slapping, buddy-buddy type of man. Yet, he deeply loved people. I'm not saying he always liked people, but he always loved them well. Loving requires something of a person. So when did this naturally hard, tough, and kind of ornery guy begin to change into a man who loved so intensely that a church would overflow with people at his funeral? The change began at Woodlawn High School during the early 1970s. When I was a little boy running around the Woodlawn High Campus, the magnitude of what was happening in Birmingham during the 1960s and 1970s was lost on me, I wasn't old enough to understand that a civil rights war was being fought in the churches, streets, and schools of Alabama, including Woodlawn. All I knew at the time was that there was a big net filled with foam cushions at the Woodlawn High Track, and there was a gym and a weight room. I also knew my dad was a football coach, and that his team was named the Woodlawn Colonels. To me, the players he coached were larger than life. They were always nice to me and I loved being around them. They even called me Little Coach. When Woodlawn High won its games on Thursday and Friday nights, Dad would let me go into the locker room afterward and celebrate with the players and coaches. Then I'd pile onto the bus with the players and ride back to the school. As a child, I didn't know that things hadn't always been this way. I didn't know that not too long ago there was tension between blacks and whites, and that they did not play together as a team, but rather tried to impede each other's success. By the time I was hanging out with the team, they actually loved each other. The players had different numbers, they played different positions, they even looked different. Some were black and some were white, some were big and some not so big even though they all seemed pretty big to me at the time. But these differences didn't matter. They all wore green and gold, and they were a team. Over the years, Dad shared with me more and more of what had transpired at Woodlawn High School, from the start of his coaching career until the day he decided to leave the sideline. I learned that what happened during two magical seasons in 1973 and 1974 could only be described as miraculous. What God did to transform the hearts and minds of students, athletes, parents, coaches, administrators, teachers, and a community of people was truly astonishing. The early 1970s in America produced a generation of hippies were disillusioned with the ruling establishment. In the short span of their lives up to that point, they'd witnessed a U.S. president assassinated and their country mired in a confusing war that never seemed to end in a faraway country. As they made it through their high school years, they watched another U.S. president leave office in disgrace after a scandal, and witnessed the murder of Dr. Martin Luther King, who was truly making a difference in the world for good. The world around them seemed out of control. The God of the universe is the constant in a world of flux. There are times in history when it seems that the human heart is starved for truth. Our souls ache to be filled with something or someone real. In the 1970s, the Jesus Freaks movement was our country's answer to disillusionment. Today, our fascination with reality television, YouTube, and social media betrays the longings of our hearts that aren't dissimilar to what the youth of 1973 were experiencing. We crave connection. We crave reality. My prayer is that as you read this book, you will realize that the God of the universe is real, and that He can enter any and every circumstance and do miraculous things. I also hope that you will be encouraged by the certainty that He is the one your heart longs to connect with, and that He is eager to connect with you. Tandy Gerald's was my dad and a beloved coach.